Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Les Talk podcast. It's a brand new week, and we are excited to recap some college football and some college basketball action. It's going to be a pretty hectic next couple of weeks as we got college football, college basketball, the cross-country championships going on, oh, yeah. women's soccer, NCAA tournament going on. It's going to be an absolute blast. So stay tuned in if you want to have all the latest news on that. I want to give a quick plug to our social media pages. Uh, go ahead and check out our Instagram and Twitter at Les Talk Pod, where we're posting a ton of content. We know that you'll love it. We're at 90 followers right now. If you can get us over the hump to 100, yeah. maybe we'll have a special surprise for you guys. So we'll have to <laughs> wait and see. And we're also doing on the Instagram, we do our fan votes for weekend picks. Make sure you tune in, watch our story for that, and make your picks so that we can count you guys. And we'll tell you guys how you did last week later on. Absolutely. So get ready for a BYU-SDSU recap, a Week 11 college football recap, and a BYU-Oregon look ahead. Without further ado, let's... Boo! Go Tigers. But that field judge on the far side is in their pocket, man. Go over here! That's right! Let's back this booler. Yeah! <laughs> Let's go wild. Let's now, go, baby. Let's go. Welcome in, listeners and folks. Let's get right to it because BYU played another game. Now, not in football, mind you. They had a good bye week. Mm -hmm. But their basketball team hosted their pseudo-rival, San Diego State. (laughs) And I think this game was the return of Marriott Center Magic because it was rocking in there. Oh, my man. Absolutely. It was a ton of fun there. Dan and I were there. Jared, unfortunately, was working graphics, so he couldn't be... In the stadium, yeah. I mean, he's still got a different experience. Behind that, the like, scenes, I think Dan and I all of the different camera angles at the same time. Yeah, I think we probably <laughs> would have perfect. liked to have that experience, like at some point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you missed a good one inside the stadium. It was incredible. For those of you that don't follow basketball super closely, San Diego State, honestly, in my opinion, is a bigger rival basketball-wise than Utah is. To some degree, it's not necessarily a bigger rival, but it's a nastier rivalry. See, this brings up a great point, and I kind of want to, you know, what do you guys think? Because I remember growing up as a kid, the BYU Utah rivalry was like basically non-existent because BYU would just booty handle Utah every year. Mm-hmm. Whereas with San Diego State, it was like Battle of the Titans, right? Mm-hmm. We we're always yeah. fighting for Mountain West Conference Championship. Yeah, to me, it goes back to the Jimmer days where you'd yes. have Jimmer versus Kawhi <sighs> Leonard. Yep. Those are some great games, and it seems like just overall, San Diego State has been more consistently better than Utah, mm-hmm. which is why that rivalry was born. Utah still has you know the history and the geography on their side, and you know their football rivalries there as well. So I don't know if San Diego State is more of a rival, but it's definitely one of our biggest basketball rivals. I would oh, yeah. Say. Oh, yeah. No, I'd say... San Diego State, I, there's not. A, I don't think there's an equivalent to it in football to mm-hmm. what it is, but it's like basically you play Utah when you play San Diego State, right? Because mm-hmm. the the like Justin said, it's such a bloody and just nasty rivalry. Yes. Like the show, San Diego State student section <laughs> hates BYU they more hate than with a they love life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's scary. 
And they love the beach. They hate BYU. (laughs) Yeah, it really is true. Like, I was going through the show's Twitter before the game. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're they're posting some nasty stuff. stuff. (laughs) Yeah. But the real show was in the Marriott Center, Mm -hmm. where BYU won 66-60 in a game that I personally, I love this term, it was a rock fight. It was a rock (laughs) fight. That it was. A slugfest. Ooh, that's good. Uh, yeah, this game was back and forth. Neither team could pull away for the duration of the game. And like Jared said, we ended up winning by six, but what was the largest lead? It was something like... It was six. It was six. It was largest six. lead okay, the entire yeah. was six. <laughs> Perfect. Held by BYU multiple times. That that tells you what this game was like, because... And it was kind of sneaky for me, because if I didn't pay too close attention, it felt like we were winning the whole time, mainly because of our defense. We kept getting stops, but on the other end, our offense wasn't super great either, so we just couldn't pull away no matter how many stops we got. Yeah. So it was a close game, but I'm glad we pulled it out. Yeah, it was very different from what we've seen from BYU teams in the past. For example, BYU in the past, especially in the Dave Rose era, has relied very heavily on the three-pointer, live or die by the three, right? But in this game, both teams shot a combined seven of 40. From three points. <laughs> no, that's kind of bad. I'm no expert, but that's kind of bad. That's kind of bad. Yeah, that's that's still less than twenty percent. It's objectively bad. Yes. And I I totally agree with Dan when what he was saying that it felt like we were winning the entire night. It felt like we were just handling business and that we were putting, you know, points up on the board when we needed to. But every time you looked up at the score, it was a one point game. Yeah. Every time you looked up at the score, it was a tie. And I feel like the rock, the student section, was collectively feeling that because you could tell that it wasn't like screaming at like its loudest capacity. It thought that it was maybe not as close a game as it actually was until boom, six minutes left in the second half. It woke up and my ear drums started bleeding out of my ears. So like, Oh yeah, it was incredible. It was a very good game to watch. Uh, did anything stick out for you guys from the box score of this game? Um, so this person stuck out in the box score and in the game, I thought, Foose, baby, true freshman coming in, you know, he's still learning English and he played 27 minutes, which is crazy, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? 27 yeah. minutes out of 40 minutes for a true freshman. Serious minutes. It's insane. And he had nine points, eight rebounds, two assists, and it's just has played really, really solid for BYU last two games. For me, what I notice in the box score is our offense, like we've talked about, Seemed to not have a rhythm at all. Uh, our usual shooters like Trevin Nell, Spencer Johnson did not really have any impact on this game. No, they were cold. Which I was expecting more of them this season. Maybe this is because of San Diego State's defense. Or maybe we just have to figure out you know, how to use them in our offense. But, I mean, Johnson had two points. Trevin Nell had zero. That was a surprise over, to yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was bad. Um, I thought of a new stat. Ooh. Ooh. That, like, you're inventing a new stat? Yep. New okay. stat. New stat. And it is the dunk to turnover ratio. Oh. <laughs> I love this. Okay. So, BYU is not the most dunk-heavy team historically. No. But this season, they have been, you know, starting off on a much better foot. Mm. This week, they had three dunks. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Gideon George, Caleb Lohner, and Gavin Baxter. Love it. First field goal of the game was that Gideon dunk. Yeah. Started us off very well. 
So my stat is the dunk to turnover ratio, which is dunks to turnovers. It's like assist oh. to turnover, except more except. fun. <laughs> <laughs> and BYU and statistically relevant. Obviously. Yes, yeah, of course, yeah. a lot more mm-hmm. relevant. BYU had eleven turnovers in this game, which is a lot, and something we'll need to clean up. Yes, a little sloppy. If I'm not mistaken, that's a dunk to turnover ratio of about point two seven. Yeah. So what's a good dunk Not to turnover good. ratio, Dan? I want to see it at one to one. Oh, <laughs> one to one. I think okay. if we get one to one dunks to turnovers, we have to do something as a podcast to celebrate. All right. Because that would okay. be a great performance from BYU. Yeah. Uh, how about you guys let us know what you think we should do? Yeah. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram. Let us know what... We should do if BYU ever gets a one-to-one or better dunk. How do we celebrate one-to-one? We'll throw up a question on the Instagram tomorrow for you guys to respond. And hit us up on Twitter as well with your response. Heck yeah. For me, the thing that stood out most this game were the transfers. The transfers played really good ball. Tejan Lucas had a pretty rough night shooting-wise. He went 2 of 12 from the field, which, you know, isn't ideal. But besides that, he still put up 13 points. Yeah, yeah, eight, re- or eight of eight from the free throw line, mm-hmm. which is huge in the last minute. Great free throws at the end, super clutch. Had some key, made some key shots, had some key steals, rebounds, and Seneca Knight. Seneca Knight wasn't super loud about it. He only scored eight points, but man, his buckets came in big time moments when our offense was completely stalled, and he would hit his little fadeaway jumper that he does at the top of the key. Absolutely amazing game from Seneca Knight. I am loving their transfers. I'm loving how they're contributing to our offense. They're bought into our defensive system, our offensive system. They are playing super, super well, and I think our team has a chance to advance and to be be pretty good this year. Yeah, so do I. Um, as we move kind of, as I look back on it, the stat that jumps out at me the most out of all of them, you know, the bad shooting, the, you know, the bad three-point shooting, the good free throws, the rock was spectacular. Yes, it was. And it, Shout out to The Rock. There was a point in the game where there's a timeout called, but the players kept playing yeah. because they couldn't hear the whistle. I remember that. Yeah, it that was, was cool. It was, was crazy. So and if this, the stat that I want to mention that just sums it all up, is San Diego State was 9 of 19 from the free throw line. And most of those came in the second half, going into The Rock. That's amazing. I, like, what else can you say there? Yeah, those those players really did not like the siren. Oh yeah, the <laughs> when, siren yeah, was. I feel like whenever we did any clutch. other of like the rocks, like tricks, you know, the sit and jump or the silent then yell, they were making all their free throws. But as soon as we pulled out the siren, <laughs> missed free throw just like that. Missed so. free. Th- they had one player number thirty-one, Mensa. I Mensa. think he took a lot of free throws. I yes, think. he did. And I remember particularly one time he. I think he made them both, and he like looked at the rock or something, and like kind of celebrated a little. Yeah, he like which, waved or something. Yeah, oh, yeah. he like put, his put hands both up. his hands up and like backpedaled. Yeah, back to, and sitting in the rock, I knew that at that point we had made it. <laughs> because <laughs> the fact that he acknowledged us and was thinking about us after he made his free throw really just showed that we were doing what we were supposed to be doing, and he went on to miss. I think the majority of the rest of his he free went throws. six of twelve from the line. So it worked for him, and it worked for their whole team, I guess, because they had really bad free throw percentage. 
that's a fun thing about The Rock. That's fantastic. Anything else stick out to you guys? Just last closing thoughts about the game? Um, about the game, I think our defense was good. Uh, we've talked about it a little bit with the blocks. Our, I think we rebounded pretty well overall. We did out-rebound them. Which is huge. Out-rebound yeah. in San Diego State. Is yeah, they, they had a few like really tall guys that were good down low. Um, Caleb George, or sorry, Caleb Lohner had eight. <laughs> Not Caleb George. <laughs> Foos had eight. And yeah, that was that was huge. I think. Um, what else was I gonna say? Oh yeah, charges. We drew more charges this game. I think we're gonna continue our trend of supposedly leading the nation in charges drawn, according yeah. to us. We have to, to look up that stat <laughs> at the end of the year and see yeah. is there a you stat for that? <laughs> drew the most charges of any other team in the nation because that's honestly what it looks like. Right, it now looked like that lead. last year, and it's looking like that this year too. Mm-hmm. And on offense, I'll I will say is it wasn't good, but Alex Barcelo once again delivered a clutch basket down the stretch to help us win with that three pointer. <laughs> that so should have cool. been a four point play, but yeah, oh should have well. been. Mark Pope was livid. He was so mad. <laughs> he was he livid, was flailing around. <laughs> I love him. So yeah, he's been clutch for us the last couple games. I remember um, against Cleveland State. He had like that inbounds play where he like you know dribbled around and then pulled up, made a huge shot there. And once again, this game he delivered a huge shot. So he's turning into, you know, sort of the alpha player for us and someone we can rely on to get a bucket even when our offense isn't working very well. He he's got that mentality, I guess. Absolutely. My closing thoughts on this game is that we are playing a brand new brand of BYU basketball. This is not going to be the BYU basketball that you are used to. This team's not going to lead the nation in three-point field goals made or three-point field goal percentage. We're a scrappy defensive team playing aggressive offense. We're blocking, dunking, slashing, utilizing a lot of mid-range. This is a completely different team. This is a team of just pure TJ Hawes, with, but without the three-point shooting ability. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah just like that. From what I've seen, the high-flying days are over. And get used to a new team. That is going to play very, very well. One of our biggest complaints is that the WCC teams aren't aggressive enough once they get into like the NCAA tournament. They're physical. Yeah. It looks like Mark mm-hmm. Pope is trying to turn BYU into that aggressive style that is winning championships right now. So that is amazing. Yeah, we look really physical too, which is great considering the last couple of years. Speaking of NCAA quality basketball, we have a very important game coming up on Tuesday, which is... I guess we're posting tonight. this on Tuesday, so tonight <laughs> might be today. We have a game in Oregon playing. Well, Oregon te- technically it's a neutral site game. Oh well, yeah, yeah, it's at the Portland Trailblazers Arena, Portland. but we're playing like, Oregon <laughs> in the state of Oregon, not at Oregon, but in the state of Oregon. It's yeah, like if yeah, we yeah. were to play the University of Virginia at Vivint Smart Home Arena. Yeah, that's basically yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's basically a home game for Oregon. Exactly. How are you guys feeling about this one? This is a tough, tough matchup. I think Oregon is really good. They're they rank twelfth in the latest AP poll. Yes, it just came out today. Yeah, they're yeah. number twelve because mm-hmm. they, they moved up from number thirteen to number twelve. Yeah, they were thirteen. Now they're twelfth. Um, they just beat SMU, mm-hmm. which a is solid a team. They beat solid, solid pretty team. handily, mm-hmm. and now they've got BYU. I think what sticks out to me is just they're really high scoring. 
Um, Averaging 84.5 points per game. Yeah. <laughs> but it hasn't even sniffed 80. Nope. So we're going to have to figure something out to be able to keep up with them. I do think that will be the best defense that they'll have played against so far. Mm-hmm. And we'll need to continue to rebound well. Um, one thing that's interesting about them, they do play kind of small, and they have a pretty limited mm-hmm. seven-man rotation. Mm. Yeah, they only play, even when they're blowing out teams, they only so, play seven men. Yeah, their coach seems to have seven guys he likes. If we can control the rebounds and you know, continue getting blocks on defense, I think we'll limit their offense and give us a chance. But we will have to figure out how to get our shooters like Johnson and Trevin Nell more involved. I think we'll have to make probably a few more threes than we made, you know, last game. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, maybe a little more. <laughs> so more than three. we'll have to figure something out on offense, try to get a little bit more of the rhythm. I do want us to stay aggressive and go to the rim instead of just kind of passively throwing up long balls. But we will have to improve on offense to hang with them. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing for me is that it's like BYU football, right? Like we, which is really weird because the BYU basketball team looks like a spitting image of the football team right now. Um, But it's like going from playing Utah and Arizona and Arizona state and Washington state and playing these defensive battles. Right. And then going to play Virginia, Mm -hmm. who's this Mm -hmm. high flying offensive team. That's what it's going to be like playing Oregon. Um, Another interesting note Oregon is averaging seven steals a game, and BYU is averaging twelve and a half turnovers per game. Yeah, that's a that's a scary stat. Uh-oh. Yeah, so uh, I would look to there <laughs> to being a great, like a big factor in whether or not BYU can even hang in this game. And then one last thing, Isaac Johnson, which is Spencer Johnson's brother, is playing for Oregon. He's a seven foot center. What the heck? Playing for Wait, Oregon. what? He's seven feet tall? Yeah. He's a what seven foot brother? He's a seven foot brother. <laughs> okay, I guess we got the runt of the family. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, so Isaac Johnson, watch out for him. Spencer Johnson is quoted as saying that if him and Isaac are on the court at the same time, he's going to call him out and go ISO one-on-one with his brother. Oh, okay, so yeah. let's see it. Look for that. I would love to see that. <laughs> that would be so fun. This is going to be a real battle where it's, you know, an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. Whereas Oregon's offense that's averaging 81 points a game is going to meet BYU's defense that is giving up 59 points a game. Pretty good for basketball. Which is very good yeah. for basketball. So there's some room there where, where we, we will see, is our defense elite or is it not? Is Oregon's offense elite or have they just played against mediocre teams so far? Like Dan said, they're playing, they, they play a small ball offense. Each player is able to play one through five. Interesting. Their center can shoot. Their center can dribble. Like their tallest guy, I think, is six eight that they have on the court at any given time. The seven seven footer Johnson, he, he got like two minutes. Doesn't play very frequently <laughs> at all. So this will be a big test for them. Uh, a couple notes on this game: Davion Harmon is the Oklahoma transfer playing for Oregon. He w- BYU was on his top list, mm-hmm. so he almost came to BYU. He is one of the transfers that is starting, that is playing well, and he scores a lot of points. So I think we got to make Davion Harmon regret not coming to BYU and choosing Oregon instead of that. One more note, if BYU were to win, this would be the highest ranked team BYU has beaten in non-conference play <clears throat> since they knocked off number six Louisville in 2007. That's a long time. Yeah, that's a long time ago. Mm. Vegas and Kempom really like BYU. Oregon is only favored by four points in this game, despite being the number 12 team in the nation. 
That's really interesting too, seeing as it's yeah. basically in Oregon's backyard. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm can't wait to see this game. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Hopefully BYU can pull out the dub. Yeah. Um I think it's gonna be really interesting. The game will be on eight uh, at eight PM on ESPN. Everybody tune in. It's gonna be a game that we can actually watch of BYU's. Mm-hmm. We have more Goodness. on that later. Yeah. Ripes. Pac ten network sucks. I hate that network. Uh, yeah. Anyway, great game. I think it should be a lot of fun. Look for BYU to either step it up on offense or fall away in this mm-hmm. game. Not be able to keep it close. This game gives me real USC vibes from last year. So Please no. <laughs> so hopefully it's like before the USC game, I thought we could really compete and we didn't. I think we can really compete. Hopefully we don't not compete like we yeah. did last year. So. Yeah. And I guess we're going to see how that goes. How about we transfer over to a sport that is nearing the end of the regular season mm. rather than the start? Oh, please don't say that. <laughs> yeah, first of all, how does it feel that we have two weeks left in the regular season of college football? Two weeks? Two oh. weeks. That's it? Yep, two weeks. Now, Grant, what happened? we have next week, which is this week, I guess, which yeah. is a good week. Mm-hmm. And then we have Thanksgiving week, which is maybe the greatest football weekend of all time. Oh, baby. But after that? It's just championship weekend and bowls. Oh man! Wow. How did oh, whoops? How did football <clears throat> season end so quickly? I feel like this is the fastest I've ever seen the college football season fly by. Yeah, I would have to agree. It's been a really fun season though. Flew by. Um. So we'll be covering some of our uh, season projections from the beginning, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. me picking Washington to win the Pac-12. <laughs> And Danny predicting Clemson not making the playoff. Oh, Dan baby. called it. <laughs> Clap it up. All right. Anyway, uh, let's do a quick recap of our picks uh, for this week. For this last week, we had the Bad. fan boat. It was really good. For us, it was not Bad. as good. Bad. <laughs> it was really not good. Bad. Bad. I'm just gonna say it. Hand up. I'm gonna, you know, come out, get ahead of it, as they say. Mm. I went three and seven. Ooh, <laughs> condolences. Yeah, yeah, three and seven. It's rough. I bad. I didn't do much better. I went four and six. So I can't really say anything. And I honestly didn't do much better. I was five and five. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas our fans went five and a half and four and a half. <laughs> yeah, they get that weird half point because the vote was completely even on the Baylor Oklahoma game. So we don't know how to count that. Yeah. So. You went five yeah. and a half and four and a half. Congrats, half you did it. You technically beat us. They beat all of us. <laughs> By half a point. Which makes me question, why are we doing this? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Time to hang up the boots. Yep. I don't know. While this week was bad, our overall records are not very bad. Yeah. Jared's oh, yeah. clocking in at 51 and 39. Not a bad. I'm at 50 and 40. Danny's at 48 and 42. Yeah. We're all the last still couple in the weeks hunt. to make a comeback. Yeah, we're all still in the hunt. We got bowl season, championship week. Mm-hmm. You know. There's lots of time. Lots of ball left. Before we get into our season recap, the fastest 15, I have a little announcement to make. It's not very oh big. Oh, boy. Drum but roll, please. I will not be in Provo, Utah this weekend. Oh. Wow. Christmas came early for me, and me and McKinley are flying out to Columbus to go to the Ohio State-Michigan State game. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Look at you. That's awesome. I'm so excited. That's going to be fun. It's going to be a top be so five fun. matchup 
you know, top six matchup. It's going to be insane. The shoe's going to be rocking. College game day is going to be there. Ooh. It's going to be so fun. So I expect wow. constant updates on the Instagram. Yes. Look for, oh, yeah. uh, look for us at game day in the crowd. <laughs> going to be, yeah. Are it's going to have a let's talk pod sign at college game <laughs> Just day. Just QR code. <laughs> yeah. So I have to scan it to find out. <laughs> Just <like> BYU podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be perfect. But yeah, I'm super excited. That's going to be a great game. So uh, yeah, look for a BYU fan at game day. Keep our eyes peeled. Anyway, should we get into our fastest 15? Shall we, gents? Should Let's we cue the music? Starting with the first game of the week, we had Michigan who went into Penn State. We start off in not happy at all Valley, where Jim Harbaugh's seat was so hot his pants caught on fire. With the help of intermittent snow flurries, he doused the flames with a bucket of Haskins and Macaknamara, shutting up Beaver Stadium faster than an old French trapper. Michigan beats Apple Penn State 21-17. In Fort Knoxville, the Volunteers proved to be inferior to... Starting off week here. What? In Fort Knoxville, the Volunteers proved to be an inferior option to train professionals. As the Bulldogs bullied, Tennessee saw into submission after falling down early. Kirby outsmarted the Vols, making them more one-dimensional than a Y-intercept. Oh my. Ugga can sleep easy, absurd, after an absolute hounding. 41-17. And the spoiler makers chug, chug, chugged. On into Columbus chanting, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. Only to find out they most definitely could not. Oh, that's rough. The nuts nutshotted Perdon't for 624 yards, averaging 9.5 yards per pass and 8.5 yards per rush. Wow. Purdue's train of terror comes to an abrupt halt, similar to that of Super 8. Yikes. In a 59-31 shellacking at the hands of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Next up, in Pittsburgh, a battle of the Titans ensued as Sam, Hi, how are ya? And Kenny Pickett line started off fighting each other, but ended up fighting the weather instead. Both offensive lines were in worse shape than the national debt, <laughs> giving up more sex than a 1340s mass grave. Oh. <laughs> um, in the end, Max browned his pants real bad, and the turf cried for relief as the Panthers beat the Tar Heels 30-23. And Dave Aranda went up from Fort Worth unto Waco, and as he was going up by the way, there came forth little children from the city of Norman, Oklahoma, and mocked him, and said unto him, Go up, thou bald head, go up, thou bald head. And he turned back, and looked on them, and cursed them in the name of Robert Griffin the Third. And there came forth his baler bears out of the wood, and tear forty and two of them. <laughs> Bela beats Oklahoma, twenty-seven to fourteen. Back to the present we go, where the Hunchback of Notre Dame is still a weird movie, and Brian Kelly is still trying to embarrass his program on a national level. After thwomping a Brennan armless Cavalier team, the Fighting Irish are officially back in playoff talks. On the other side, Mustang Mendenhall is still alive in the still laughable ACC. The Irishmen win 28-3. All aboard the lane train! The powder blue was in full gorgeous effect on Saturday night, as the Landshark defense 
made his long-awaited comeback. The rebellious little sharks ate up Zach Calzada like a calzone, while mm. Jimbo Fisher couldn't even get a nibble. The Johnny Rebs are looking to actually win this war as they head into their last two games with a better shot at a New Year's Six bid than BYU. Sad. Old Mississippi beats Texas Agricultural Technolo and Technology 29-19. to 19. In the middle of the Forest of Wake, three college students set out with nothing but a couple of cameras and some backpacking equipment looking for the ghost of the Blair Township. The Demon Deacons cursed the wolf pack as they moved through the forest and ended up roasting Devin Leary on a spit and ending North Carolina's ACC championship hopes quicker than Joey Chestnut can shotgun a wiener. Wake wins the <laughs> shootout. I mean, in a game that what? was high scoring. What did you say now? 45 to 42. We next go to Auburn, Alabama, where Mike Leach and the Bulldogs faced the Ligers. It was a classic tortoise and the hare matchup in Jordan Hare Stadium as the Bulldogs were down early but Bo Nix turned to Bo Hoax, and Coach, Le Coach Leach must have been some bad Kenya corn at halftime, because Will Rogers pre proceeded to torch that Tiger defense for five touchdowns in the second half. And the Bulldogs proved the superior animal, winning 43-34. to We head to a late-night CBS Mountain West matchup, where the San Diego State Aztecs found themselves hunting for some Nevada Wolfpack. Carson Strong tossed three touchdowns before he decided it was time to wolf pack up his bags and leave. I see what you did there. Montezuma's revenge was in full force as the Aztecs threw a 23-21 victory spear right through Nevada's heart. Are you kidding me? The Scroots took a trip to Tusk now. Where they were met by some feisty wildcats ready to turn the hunters into the hunted. Arizona roared out to a great game, but were, un were ultimately unable to come up with the upset over the <laughs> Utah keeps it up its bid to be second to BYU in the Pac-12. I mean, Pac-12. I mean, Pac the Western Conference, the South, winning 35-21. to 21. Trouble in paradise? More like trouble in swamp dice. Oh my. It turns out that firing the defensive coordinator doesn't just magically fix that defense. What a concept, Boom. Samford dropped a 50-burger on the Gators. Cody gribbling them back into their locker room where they celebrated a moral loss by dancing like Jameis on a torn ACL. Florida is going down for real. <laughs> and Dan Mullen holding on to his job by a thread thinner than Idaho State's kicker. <laughs> oh my! The Gators limp slither out with the win, 70-52. to 52. In Tallahassee, Mike, not the ugly one from Stranger Things, Norvell and Manny the Mammoth Diaz fought to the death in a game that would have meant something 10 to 20 years ago. In this year's edition, the Sucker Canes racked up 14 penalties and 3 turnovers, looking more like Harry Styles' drunk goblin friend than a competent football team en route to yet another heart-wrenching loss. Florianopolis Saint beats I Pulled My Hammy 28-31. Rock, rock, rock! Steve Sarkeesian had been deep in the lab, coming up with new ways to choke. His <coughs> kids snuck away with a 57-56 overtime victory. In the first offensive snap of his college career, Jared, not this one, Casey, took Texas by the horns and turned those horns Beep! Kansas successfully hands Texas the baton of laughingstock in the Big 12. 57 to 56. We finish it off on the left coast, where Herm, you play to win the game, Edwards ate Jimmy Lake like an Ewok eats a stormtrooper. 
The rains came tumbling down on this beautiful expose of mishandled talent and stunning uniforms, where Washington failed to defend their home planet like the clones on Camino, and the Sun Devils came away with a sourish level victory on the sound. 35 to 30. What a week. That was a good week. Yeah. Amen. That was fun. It's full of uh, entertaining games and just good footballness in general. Some yeah. great footballness. Mm-hmm. I second that. Yeah. It was a good week to have a bye, too. Yeah, it was a good mm-hmm. week to kind of just sit back and enjoy the chaos. It was about time. Holy crap. Yeah, to not be involved in that chaos. Yeah. Uh, I think it was kind of weird that we had a bye this late, but the more I think about it, the more I'm like, we really needed, you know, this. I wish yeah. our last two games meant a little more, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the USC game does mean something just because USC is a brand name. That's true. That mm-hmm. voters will look at and recognize. But yeah, it was weird to me that our bye didn't end up somewhere in the middle of all of those Power 5 opponents. Right. That may have helped us if we had had a bye, say, week six against Boise State instead nope. of... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything there, but... Okay. Bleep that name. <laughs> we, we, don't, we don't speak that name in this household. Oh, Boise yeah. City. Anyway, uh, it was a great week. Um, what are we thinking about BYU's playoff chances? Because there were some teams ahead that lost. Texas A&M. Oklahoma, but do we think that BYU can jump those teams? Um, excuse me, <laughs> you're excused. Um, I thought this was not the best week for BYU. Um, Baylor beat Oklahoma, yeah, which was not good for us. Because yeah. we only wanted one Big 12 team to be kind of in that New Year's Six playoff contention. And by beating Oklahoma, Baylor put themselves much higher up in the rankings. Mm-hmm. We don't know how far Oklahoma will drop, but they'll still be ahead of BYU, I think. Definitely. Yeah. So that was not a good result for BYU fans. Yeah, and now we could see even three Big 12 teams in New Year's Six contention, depending on what happens with Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. Yeah, not not very good. Same with Ole Miss and Texas A&M. I mean, either way, whoever the winner of that game was going to be ahead of BYU in the polls. And I guess now that Texas A&M lost, Ole Miss, who has to play Mississippi State later, has a chance to lose another game. Um, so you're know, saying there's a chance. <laughs> there's a chance. I think we're going to drop this week. I really do. Uh, you know, number 16 in the polls, NC State. Lost a close one. Yeah, they lost a close one. Auburn. Yeah, they they lost, lost pretty bad. Purdue went 19 lost. <clears throat> so I don't think there's a lot of teams ahead of us that will jump us, except or behind us that will jump us, except for Ole Miss. Do you think, think Texas A&M will drop below us, though? You know, that's a very good question. As a three-loss mm. team, I think they will. So maybe yeah. we'll stay at 14. We've seen in the past teams that have had bye weeks stay exactly in the same spot, right, not moving right. up and not moving down. So hopefully BYU stays there. If we can stay there, we still have two weeks for chaos to play out. This has been a weird, chaotic year. Baylor still has Kansas State on the schedule, which Kansas State has been kind of feisty at times. Frisky. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State still play each other. Oklahoma could very well be a two-loss team. Right, and there's the Big 12 championship game where Where Oklahoma Oklahoma State State could beat Baylor again. Yeah, exactly. And then Baylor's a three-loss team. Then we only have one Oklahoma. We only have one Big 12 team in New Year's Six contention. Right, depending on how that plays out. Yeah, exactly. So 
you know, it, it would be very hard for us to make a New Year's Six Bowl at this point, I think. I'm not going to rule it out, but I think the percentage has dropped. I think I said 20% last week. I'm going to drop it down to about 15% now. Yeah, I'd throw it around 10%. But with the way UTSA is playing, I'd be okay with playing them in the Independence Bowl. Yeah, that'd be a fun game. That would be fun. And they're finally ranked in the playoff rankings. Yeah. They're finally getting some respect Yeah, at 23 after being unranked last week. Yep. So yeah, that would be a fun matchup for us, I think. Mm-hmm. We also had two more firings. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Lake and Manny Diaz. Manny Diaz, not quite yet. The news came out Monday that the athletic director That's at right. Miami got fired, and he is the one that hired Manny Diaz That's right. and has been saving Manny Diaz's job because apparently okay. you know, Manny Diaz was overhauling the dorms for the, for the players as well, and the athletic director was like a huge <laughs> believer in Manny Diaz. He got fired, so oh. keep an eye on Manny Diaz. Miami, yep. okay, bigger dumpster <clears throat> fire. <clears throat> Miami or Florida? Mm. Huh. Mm. I would say at this point, Florida. Because Miami knows that, like, Miami last week was still in contention for winning the ACC. Uh, the are they in the Coastal? Coastal for winning yeah. the ACC Coastal. They were still in contention. For and they're that. still, like, third. Which so yeah, they're still they're relevant somehow. Florida was dancing in the locker room <laughs> after giving up 56 points to Samford. Samford, not even Stanford. Not Stanford. Not Stanford. <laughs> Samford. Samford. Which the like three and seven FCS team. Yeah, that's not, not good at all. FCS. So yeah, I mean I think Florida's the bigger dumpster fire right now. I wouldn't be surprised if Dan Mullen was out of Gainesville by the end of this year. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a game coming up with Florida State at the end of his schedule, <laughs> which he is loses that very large. He's out. Yeah, I worry about actually I don't worry. I happily await the day where Dan Mullen is unemployed. One thing we should talk about too, I just want to throw that out there. Given Texas's loss to Kansas, Ooh. their first year in the SEC, do they win a conference game? I'd say yes, only because mm. of Vanderbilt. Yeah, they have Vanderbilt. Well, but if Vanderbilt and Kansas play each other right now, who wins? I think I would say Kansas. Kansas, really? I think I would say Kansas. I'd say Vanderbilt just because Vanderbilt has a much better defense than Kansas does. Okay. But yeah, Texas might go like 0-7 in conference play. That would be the happiest thing of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I love there oh, are like man. 20 Kansas fans in attendance and they're chanting, SEC, SEC. I love that. Yeah. I saw a meme yesterday or the day before of it was like the – you know the was it Ninja Turtles meme where it's got like the rat with the little turtles? Oh yeah, the little turtles. And it's like and Oklahoma, then... Texas, and they're walking oh, yeah. into Oklahoma State, Iowa State. You know, and then <laughs> the turtles are all grown up and they're walking out the old brat, and it's that's exactly what is happening in the Big Twelve. Yep. Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. <clears throat> they're both borderline irrelevant now, and the Big Twelve is going to be more than fine with two top f- four. Top 15 teams with BYU, Oklahoma State, Baylor, and Cincy. I, Big 12 in good hands. Yeah. Better than the Pac-12. <laughs> <laughs> so about that Oklahoma game, we saw another quarterback controversy play out. <laughs> we want Rattler. <laughs> the fans were <laughs> chanting for Spencer Rattler again after Caleb Williams came out and stunk it up. 
what was it week two or week three that they chanted we want Caleb? Yeah. Yep. And now come week eleven they're chanting we want no, they want Rattler we want again. Spencer again. <laughs> I I absolutely just am in love with watching Oklahoma just burn to the ground because yep. yeah. their quarterback room is terrible. It's horrible. <laughs> Like, everybody's like, oh, Caleb Williams is now a dark horse for Heisman. And he comes out and throws, like, the worst interception I've ever seen in my life. Where he just, like, rolls up to one side and then is tripping, just throws it over his shoulder to the opposite side of the field oh, like a play. Oh, mm-hmm. man. And then Lincoln Riley crying at the end of the game made it even worse. Like, oh, oh Baylor kicked a field goal. I don't believe in that. I oh, believe in a certain code of sportsmanship. sportsmanship. Lincoln Ooh. Riley, I believe in a certain code of, like, you need to get slapped in the face because you're an idiot. Man the <laughs> heck up, bro. And also, I would say to that, okay, how about last time when you played Kansas and you were up <laughs> by five with a minute left? Did you need to score another touchdown? Where was your sportsmanship then, Lincoln? Mm-hmm. Yeah, come on. <laughs> He's just crap. mad. Yeah, sour grapes for sure. Um, playoff picture right now, Oregon is in the top four. Here's a big question: Are you guys rooting for Utah this week to beat Oregon? Now let me let me play it out for you. If Oregon beats Utah and beats them again, they're probably going to the playoff, which means Utah would take the auto bid to the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. However, if Utah were to beat Oregon this weekend, and then lose to Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game, Oregon would be out of playoff contention, and they'd mm-hmm. take the Rose Bowl spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I want Oregon in the Rose Bowl, and not Utah. So if that means Oregon, uh, would they have to lose to Utah or this week? Or to Oregon State. They or, could yeah, beat Oregon and then lose to Oregon State. They have their next feisty. game against Oregon State. Oregon State is looking like the second best team in the Pac-12 right now. And the Civil War is one of my favorite rivalries of all time. It's a fun one. It's a great one. I don't know. Like, I would love for that to happen. But I just do not want to see Utah in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Me neither. I completely agree. We don't want Utah in the Rose Bowl. We want Oregon in the Rose Bowl. That would be the ideal scenario to open up a spot for BYU to move up. Yeah. Exactly. And I would just throw up in my mouth a little bit if I saw you in the Rose Bowl. <laughs> Actually, probably a lot bit. I'd oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be like Joey from Breezy Golf that is hurling after every three holes. <laughs> you guys see that video? Nope. No? Nope. Okay. <laughs> no, sir. Jared is with verbal memes and with videos that nobody's seen. <laughs> yeah. I'd... I need to culture you guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I need to be cultured. Which is weird because normally I'm the one with the obscure memes that nobody's ever seen. <laughs> yeah, like the the guy in a bath with pickles still haunts my memories. Oh, boy. I'll wake up in the middle of the night and be smelling like pickles in my dreams. <laughs> yeah, that's one we probably won't post on the Instagram. But Yeah. <laughs> You'll thank us for that. <laughs> anyway, uh, can we do a fantasy gripe real quick? Yeah, please. Absolutely. Okay, so Monday Night Football, we have it on right now. The Rams are getting fadoodled by mm-hmm. the 49ers. Yep. And coming into today, I was down 12 to our friend Joe, friend of the podcast. Oh, Joe. Yep, yep. And he had uh, Debo Samuel, which is a wide receiver for, if I'm not mistaken, wide receiver? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah wide receiver. Um, 
I rant. just have to add. Oh yeah. I have to apologize to you because I gave Joe Debo Samuel <laughs> up to a trade deal. So rats probably acquiring another Washington football team. Yep. That's a good trade. I yep. take yeah. Terry McLaurin every day. Um. So. <laughs> so yeah, just apologize for whatever you're about to say about Debo Samuel. Yeah. So the Rams currently have uh, one touchdown. Oof. Yeah. And the touchdown was a rushing touchdown to a wide receiver named Debo Samuel. And Matt Stafford, my quarterback, instead of making me up 12 points, he has thrown... It was two interceptions of, like, 30 minutes ago. It's probably (laughs) more now. And the Rams defense and special teams has given up 31 points. So, I am now going to lose yet again in fantasy. What's your team name? He's the Stinker with Squeezers. Yeah. The porta potty one. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, so no wonder you don't win. I was projected to lose by two coming into tonight, and I am currently down by thirty. <laughs> wow. So down by thirty. You were only down twelve at the beginning of the night, right? Yep. So Debo Samuel had has thirty points for Joe's team, and Matt Stafford, <laughs> the quarterback for Debo Samuel's team, has nine. <laughs> Wait, Matt Stafford is. On the Rams and Samuel's on the 49ers. Oh, I thought it was so. Oh, okay. Overall, okay. it's just a lose lose. It's a lose lose, man. Yeah, we're not a you do have the Rams the defense. Honestly, yeah, I could give a rat's about the NFL. But fantasy's <laughs> still fun. But fantasy's fun, fun to gripe about. Yeah. Man, I have a gripe. Um, as you know, all of my running backs have been hurt. I finally got a trade, picked up some good running backs, was living life to the fullest, was so happy. You're projected to win the league. I was projected to win the league. Mm-hmm. I was 7-1. and one. I've now <clears throat> lost two straight because I actually had a pretty decent week this week. My pickups played well. I scored like 120 points. Not For whatever reason, Dan's wife, Abby, decided to have this monstrous week, put up like 150 points. Ugh. The most Ooh. points she's ever put up and <laughs> beat me. So, yeah, I'm currently on a 2L streak. So, it's rough. yeah, I'm kind of upset about that. Dan, you got any fantasy grapes? Um, Washington football right? team. Not this week. I won my matchup. The football team. Speaking of the NFL, they had a surprise win against the Buccaneers. Shout out! And you Cougar fans may know Dax Milne is on that team. He had two receptions for Milne. twenty-two yards. Not bad. Um, and he took part of that. Washington had like a ten-minute, eighteen-play drive in the fourth quarter Holy to seal the crap. game. Um. That was a surprise with Taylor Heineke at QB. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah. <laughs> a passing of the torch from Tom Brady to Taylor Heineke. Yep, exactly. Doesn't Changing go. of the guard, the next goat. Dax Milne only had one fumble with his two receptions. <laughs> hey, he's currently beating Zach Wilson in the turnover battle. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, he Might is. Might be the best BYU draftee ever. Oh, yep. <laughs> better than uh, more or less better than uh, what's his Steve name Young. Jim McMahon Steve, Steve Young Steve Young McMahon Dax Milne it's like kind of a, a pick em at that point yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 you know Yeah. so that was fun yeah I'd love to see that uh, another, speaking of Zach Wilson this man is in deep doo doo because Uh-oh. Mike White who should have been at a first overall pick threw four interceptions for the Jets 
And my cousin Elliot is on a hot streak. He just takes the defense of whoever's playing the Jets. Oh, no. <laughs> and they're his leading scorers in fantasy every week. He's yeah, too smart. Abby's defense was, yeah. Uh, the Bills? The Jets. Yeah, the Bills playing yeah, the Jets. like 30 points or something. Yeah. <laughs> Not good. Yeah. But if Zach Wilson, who's only a meager second overall pick, mm-hmm. what hope does he have? If, yeah, Mike White, this first round overall pick, if he can't get it done. It's time for Zach Wilson to come back stronger. Uh, it's honestly kind of good that Mike White sucked it up this week because he played phenomenally the week before, and it was kind of brewing like a quarterback controversy was almost kind of brewing around. Mm-hmm. Now Zach Wilson should hopefully get his job back and have a chance to a shoot for Peyton Manning's interception record. Mm. Very of important. Records are records. Exactly, records are record. Get your name in the record book, and B hopefully now win some games. That would be interesting. I want to see Zach succeed, but it's very sad he went to the Jets. Yeah. Maybe his plan is to tank until he gets cut and signed by a different team, and then he'll start playing for real. Mm, he's going the Sam Howell route. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in other words, we had some great news for sports other than BOU basketball or football this weekend. We absolutely did. The women's soccer team had their first NCAA tournament matchup against New Mexico. Hair pullers. They, yep, the hair pullers. BYU was the home team in this one, and they were up one to zero at halftime. Not bad. And then come the second half, they went off, scored five more goals, and ended up winning six to zero. Oh my goodness! That's in that more like tournament it. game, which was very fun to watch. I was there with Abby. So their next game is this Thursday versus Alabama. In Charlottesville, Virginia. <laughs> oh, yeah, makes sense. Right? <laughs> kind of so random. Neutral site action. Yep. Uh, it's at 2 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus, so. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Maybe we'll have to give it a little... Keep an eye, eye on watch. that We one, don't have yeah. to go dig through the BYU TV app to find it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sweet. So, yeah. They should have a pretty good matchup there. I think they're the higher seed. They're the favorite. Yeah. So let's hope they can make a deep run this tournament. Yeah, and I think if they win... Then they will play the number one overall seed in Ooh. University of Virginia. So keep your eyes Uh-oh. on them. They're good. They're the highest good. scoring team in the FBS right now. Or not the FBS. <laughs> the FBS. In the NCAA. In the women's uh, soccer D one something. NCAA D one women's soccer. Yes. Division one um, A. Also, the BYU women's volleyball team is ranked number five overall. Yeah. They beat LMU three to one. Um, over the weekend, or was it LMU? I think it was LMU. Yeah, it was LMU. yeah they beat LMU. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they're on an absolute tear. Their postseason is coming up. Yeah, their season is wrapping up <clears> pretty <throat> soon. Yeah, so keep an eye out for them. They're doing fantastic. And shout out to our cross-country teams who had, I don't honestly, I don't know how the cross-country tournaments work, but like their regional final or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Something, something like, that. like that. Absolute beast on our team, Connor Manns, who got first place. He's currently the record holder, record record holder in the NCAA for his, whatever he runs. Honestly, I'm not super knowledgeable about cross country, but he's looking to build on that and to keep it going this year and bring home another national championship for BYU men's cross country. Women's cross country actually also did very well. Had two in the top five, if I'm not mistaken. So shout out to them. It's great. Fantastic. I love to see BOU's teams across the board do really mm-hmm. well because that proves that we are not like Boise State, who's just a pathetic one-sport school that likes tractors. Mm-hmm. Very pathetic. Potato mm-hmm. lovers. Yeah. Famous potatoes. 
More like famous potato nose. Ooh. Ay, ay, ay. Got him. Burn. <laughs> well, that about wraps it up. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good spot to end the podcast. Thank you for turning. <laughs> thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Let's Talk Podcast. Make sure to rate and review the episode. Leave a five-star review for us, and we will very much thank you. Check out our Instagram and our Twitter at Let's Talk Pod, our website at Let's Talk Podcast.com. And that about sums it up. Thanks for listening. Thank you.